Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we'll be talking about credit cards. We know it's kind of a complicated situation that a lot of young people might not know a whole lot about. So we wanted to talk about how to use them, things like cashback rewards, and just some other general tips, tricks, and strategies with credit cards. Well, I guess to start things off, I'll be totally honest and transparent here. I was really not that educated on personal finance and stuff like credit cards, retirement accounts, and uh, basically anything having to do with interest and growing money. I really knew nothing about that, but this quarantine and TikTok (laughs) have both kind of given me the time and the resources to educate myself on the, the topic more. But we're still not experts. <laughs> Correct. Although I am pursuing a degree that is in my <laughs> college's business school. I have not taken a finance class yet, but I will in the next year or two. <laughs> and that so, makes her qualified. Anna's almost a kind of professional. Mm-hmm. And Evan's father does work at like a bank or something. <laughs> I don't know what that bank, I don't know what that company is considered. Okay. I think that definitely, I. this is kind of beside the point, but it's definitely kind of an issue that schools don't talk about finance more and like that it's not like required as a college course or something. You know what I mean? Like that's definitely kind of an I know, issue. I know in high school, everyone at my high school, and I think in my everyone in my state had to take like a financial literacy type course, but I I've couldn't never tell heard you, of that. I couldn't tell you one thing that I learned in that class that's useful for like personal finance and like making money now. In my middle school home mech class, we had a <laughs> unit on middle school for like middle a week school. or two. At middle where school, we... you don't even know what money is. Uh, yeah. And honestly, the bulk of what I learned was like, all I remember is like the difference between a credit card and a debit card. And like, that was, that was, you know, that was, that it. was the unit. That was, yeah. it. well, that's I don't remember anything more than what some people know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I feel like even now being like in college for a little bit, I feel like I still don't know a lot. And I feel like most of the things that I do learn are from like Anna and Evan and other people. It's like, oh, they did this. Maybe I'll do this, you know? Just to say, though, that I feel like a lot of the advice I get is from my father. So it's not like I'm all that knowledgeable. I just kind of have a resource I can go to to say like, oh, should I do this or this? And he'll be like, oh yeah, do that. It's like, oh, okay, great, thanks. And I think there's a big difference in like, sure, you understand the concept of paying off debt or you understand, yeah, you have to save for retirement. But I think there's a gap in the knowledge of exactly how to do it. And then Mm -hmm. knowing something and taking the steps and actually acting on it are two completely different things. I know I, I've definitely known something and thought, yeah, you know, I should open up a retirement account or I'll do it tomorrow. And then it's two months later, still hasn't been done. It definitely is kind of mm-hmm. scary, uh, but. No, yeah, just... I completely agree. That was me with setting up, I guess, my first credit card. And like, I don't know, I feel like it probably won't be too bad down the road, but it's like my credit score could have been so much higher probably by the time I was trying to buy a house or like buy a car or anything like that. Right. I just opened my first credit card 
probably uh, six, seven, eight months ago. And I'm like a couple years past 18 just because I don't know, I just was too lazy to do it or it just didn't really seem that important. But to Dan's point, yeah, I totally wish I had taken advantage of those two or three years to increase my credit score. Yeah. So I guess, do we want to start out just talking more generally about credit cards? Is that a good Wait, yeah, that's a good give place my to start. Background experience. When <laughs> okay. I got a credit card. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you're probably a little more knowledgeable in the credit card area. Yeah, true, true, oh, I was true. just gonna say that when I got mine, like I got mine because I got like my license, and then I got a car, and like you need to pay for gas, and it's not like I was gonna go in and say like, oh yeah, ten bucks and pump number five. Like, no, I would never be caught dead. So. I got a credit card for that. <laughs> Wait, can you get a credit card before you're 18? Or were I, you like an authorized user situation? Uh, I This might not be true, but I'm pretty sure you can't get a credit card in your name until you're 18, but you can be an authorized user beforehand. I guess I, for people, for anyone who does not know, being an authorized user is when your parent typically has a credit card in their name and you basically have a copy of their card that's linked to their account, but it is in your name and you're just linked on that account. Yeah, but like it doesn't help that. you build a credit score or anything I like that. I think it can though. I think it, it, it can oh. help you. Oh, wow. If, if your parents' credit score is good, then I oh, think okay. that almost is a direct transfer hmm. and a reflection of you know. your score. I definitely had that, but I definitely also had another credit card that was directly to me and like, it was a college card and it was like a starter, I guess. Or was something. this before you were 18 though? Uh, it maybe it was at 18, I guess. Okay. Because I think that's how it. Okay. Well, I definitely had works. that. I definitely had one linked to my parents, but I also had my own that they were like, oh, you better use your own for gas. I was like, okay. I think my advice in terms of credit cards are. He's jumping um, deep. <laughs> I don't know. It really does depend on the person because some people cannot, it's like, it it can spiral quickly if you're not careful with it or you're not responsible with it. Or some people like really need to see the money coming out every single transaction or else they, it just kind of escapes them how much they're spending. But I think I think they really are important and offer a lot of benefits. And when I become older and get like a real job and start earning my own salary, I probably do plan on paying almost exclusively with credit cards just because there's a lot of opportunities for cash back rewards. And not to mention, since it's not directly linked to your bank account, there is a level of protection against fraud and stuff like that that is not there with the debit card. Well, I feel like you brought up a thing where it's like, I think a lot of people hesitate because the fear is that you will spiral and then you'll, you know, go into debt or whatever. But it's like, you know, I doubt most people are going to be paying with cash solely for the rest of their life. That's like, you know, one point. And then it's like, you're going to need a good credit score to do stuff in the future. So it's like, I think really important that you do get a credit card and get used to that as soon as you can. Well, I think a lot of people rely on debit. 
Okay, but I'm just thinking like, I feel like a lot of people don't even, you guys were talking about how you waited so long to get your credit card. And it's like, I feel like you should definitely do that while you're under your parents' supervision and they can help you and like, you know, well, you track of you. Well, you don't want to do that if your parents have bad credit or if they're not, I think the only situation I would really recommend suggesting an authorized user situation, which first of all, it does depend on the parents and if they feel comfortable doing that, because some kids might just rack up a bunch of charges and ultimately it still is their parents' card and their parents' money. And um, if your parents don't have a good credit score, then by becoming an authorized user, unless they increase their score, you're already starting off with a bad score. I guess I'm just saying that even when you turn 18, you guys didn't get yours at 18. And like, you should have, I guess, you know, I feel like I can't speak for Anna, though. But I feel like for me, that was more of a lazy thing. Not and I didn't I don't want a credit card thing. And I guess yeah, I'm for me, saying, too. It just was well, the least I'm, of my priorities. Yeah. I'm trying to mm-hmm. motivate our listeners who may be 18 that they should get a credit card well we're reflecting and saying that that was a mistake yes but we're being honest here because nobody benefits (laughs) from being preached at by people who did every single thing right (laughs) i guess now that we all have credit cards though evan's had it a lot longer than anna i have but this is i guess my strategy when it comes to credit cards right now um so for my credit card, I try to just make like one or two pretty small or minuscule purchases a month and then immediately pay it off. A, this is to build my credit score, but then also I don't really have to worry about like paying it off or racking up these high charges. Something that I do that I think is really helpful is I've set up automatic payments. So I don't even have to mail in a check or go on the app and physically pay my bill it will just take it out automatically at the end of the billing cycle and I don't even have to think about it I used to when I first got my credit card for the first month or two I did what Dan did and made one or two really small purchases but recently I've pretty much charged everything to my credit card I mean obviously I'm tracking my spending and not just swiping it left and right and buying everything in the world but I've been charging stuff to my credit card because I kind of do like that you it doesn't come out right away. I mean, that is kind of a double-edged sword, but it kind of is nice. Like if I've already hit my myself set allowance for one month, it's like I'll just put it on the credit card and pay it next month. So it won't count for this month and I won't go over my limits. But I realize <laughs> that's kind of dicey. Um I would be careful going down that road. Yeah, I don't think that's a tip. <laughs> but also, I, I'm like pretty organized in tracking my spending. And I do check my uh, like bank account charges and my credit card charges and stuff pretty frequently. So, I mean, if that is your approach and you are more type A with that stuff, I think fine. If that's what you want to do, whatever. But if you are someone who can't be bothered or it's just really not for them but I probably wouldn't recommend that but the reason why I've been charging a lot is because I do earn cash back rewards on purchases so I figured if I'm gonna buy it anyway I might as well get one percent back as opposed to nothing I mean it's not like I'm getting millions of dollars in cash back but I guess every little bit counts 
I'm gonna interrupt because I feel like you said a whole lot there and a yeah lot that kind of was a lot <laughs> I want to say going back to how you get automatic payments I feel like my only caution there is there can still be fraud and Anna said she's diligent with that and that's great but I would say that a better thing to start out with is like uh email notifications that it's that time of the month to pay or something like that or you like you get it in the mail but I mean uh, I feel like that's a little harder to check and it's like I don't even send it to my house I send it to my parents house and then so I would say that get like a notification of when it's time to pay because I think you should be checking like I definitely had some fraud charges like a couple months ago that definitely caught me off guard and it was like uh you know so definitely keep up with checking it you know nothing I I would I think yeah a note outside of just credit cards and just online banking in general as we get more like technologized I guess over these decades but definitely just check your bank statements regularly and frequently like Evan was saying like I've gotten fraud charges too and it's not like it's like a schedule it's like oh it's December it's time for the fraud to come up again so you really just got to be diligent and like looking at it to make sure that like everything's the way you want it to be yeah my mom got identity thefted like a couple months ago and it was a whole ordeal that's very serious that can be very hard to like clean up (laughs) like that's oh wow that's really scary because I've heard some definitely like podcast stories of like they're solving it like years later they still can't like seem to get the identity straight like oh my gosh I think I watched some educational movie about identity theft in high school wow that's that's I don't know it seemed like it was not the worst case scenario but um that's not my story to tell like I, I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you. Special guest. Do we next want my mom, mom to come on the podcast and tell her identity theft story? Maybe. One thing I did want to mention while while we were on the topic of credit cards is I would really strongly recommend paying your credit card off in full every month oh, if absolutely. you can. I recognize that. It's tough. Everyone's got different situations, but the interest on credit cards is so predatory. It, at minimum, it's like 15%. And at your age, it, the age level we are, you probably don't have much of a credit history or a credit score. So the interest is probably going to be closer to 20% just because you're higher risk for being young and inexperienced. And 20% spirals so quickly. Can I ask a question? Because now I'm confused because I've only ever paid in full for the month. And now I guess I'm just wondering, like, I know there's a minimum payment needed for the credit card of that month or whatever. But so if you pay that, then do they add the interest on for the next month? Like, you know what I mean? Where does when does the interest I get added int- on like let's say when you, you pay spend- in full it doesn't get added but like on. let's say let's say you have to pay a hundred dollars in the first month and you only pay eighty dollars then in the subsequent second month you would have to pay um let's say 15 percent interest on that twenty dollars that you didn't pay off the first in month. addition uh, to two. whatever mm-hmm. balances you occur in the next month correct i think so okay yeah mm-hmm. aware. and then there's definitely uh, I don't know a lot about this either, but like if you charge over, you know, what you have in the bank or whatever, like that 
and you can't pay it back like that it won't go away it's not like there will be an understanding of where you can't pay it off like that'll keep no, it'll just going. keep compounding and yeah it'll be more and so, more problematic the longer yeah. it goes on because that's the problem between credit versus debit like credit you can take out more than you have to actually spend and then you could be left in the dark war whereas debit mm-hmm. you're literally taking out of your account so you can't spend more than what you have like i feel like that's the one i guess if you're like a young person just starting to get into it if you know that you're not going to be very careful or things like that i'd almost suggest not getting a credit card if you know you're not going to be able to handle it or do it well and maybe start out with something like a debit card because i'm like as soon as the money's gone the money's gone but if you have a credit card you can just keep spending and spending that can lead you into a hole really quickly I second that. I don't Credit cards that. do have benefits, <laughs> but it's better than accumulating a ton of debt and getting into a lot of financial trouble when you're young. If you really feel like you don't trust yourself with a credit card, uh, credit is important. Don't get me wrong, but I still think having av- avoiding credit card debt and situations like that is better than having an 800 credit score. I guess my problem with debit cards is that it is direct access to your bank account. So like you can just as a credit card, lose track of how much you're spending. And if you only have one account, yeah, I I know exactly what Dan's going to say. If you only have one account and you have $10,000 in there, you could spend it all. You know, like there's nothing checking you from doing that. Whereas a credit card, you'll have a credit limit or whatever and that'll stop you sure and then the other thing is not even just yourself but if someone was to steal a debit card then they have direct access to your bank account and you know that ten thousand dollars and there's nothing stopping them from stealing that and i feel like with a credit card you can do the appeal or i don't know what it's called you know where you can say this is fraud and you can get money back but with a debit card i don't think that happens as generously I think I agree with you on the security aspect of that. And I'm more thinking of this in a perfect world where people aren't actively trying to steal our money all the time. Um, But yeah, I think that's definitely a good point that you bring up the minimum um, or maximum spending limit for a credit card. Something that we didn't bring up earlier is that most credit cards, especially when you're starting out, they have a fairly, I don't want to say low because it's not really low for what our needs are. They're low okay <laughs> they're low you can just say it yeah they're low so it's normally like they range from what like those maximum payments are like between like 800 and like 2000 normally for like credit cards starting out i'd say um my credit card limit is 500 dollars. Oh, okay. you're not buying a whole lot with 500 dollars. yeah i mean it depends on what company you use i think mine is like 1200 i guess yeah and our friends long. was like 300 yeah. <laughs> so definitely like look into that if you know that you're going to be spending a lot like when you're picking a credit card but yeah I guess Evan does bring up some good points though I'm just more thinking that at the end of the day if you know you're not a good spender that I would think that it's better to not have debt than to necessarily have a good credit score right and you have to think of it even with a credit card there's there's infinite things that could happen but with the debit card, it's like, okay, maybe the probability of it getting stolen or someone hacks it, maybe 20%, but the pers- but the percent chance that you run up a, a huge bill and get into debt is 80%. So it's like, 
sure it can happen, but the probability of the other thing happening is even more. So it's just kind of like the risk you have to yeah. take, I guess. Like the, I guess the immediate consequences of a debit card could be more, but the long-term consequences of a credit card, I think, would be more um, harmful to a user. Some other things that I wanted to bring up, just because I kind of like talking about this topic, is I'm not going to like go into exactly the components that make up your credit score, but I think it's like 30% of it is your total credit utilization, which basically means if you have a, let's say you have a $100 credit limit between any credit cards you have, your total limit is $100 just for easy numbers sake. I think it's 30% of your credit score is dependent on how much of your allotted line of credit you use. So like we said, if your credit line between all your sources is $100, you don't want to spend $100 every single month. You don't want to max it out because it makes you look like you're really relying on this money and you really rely on your credit cards, which makes you seem like a risky borrower to banks and the credit unions. They do say that to increase your credit score, it's good to spend like no more than 30% of your total credit utilization. So in our example, you probably wouldn't would want to try to spend $30 or less just for the credit score aspect. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know like that percent. I knew the thing about like, I guess the percentage of your maximum amount that like you probably shouldn't be using the whole thing, but it's good to know that it is 30%. Yeah. I mean, from the stuff I've read it, a lot of sources seem to echo the the 30% of your credit line is uh, anything above that is when you could see effects in your credit score. So again, we're not experts. That's just what I've read from, from my own internet browsing. Does it increase your credit score? If you like, would it be better to spend 30% than 28% though? I don't Sorry, know. That That's like a really <laughs> like, nitty-gritty question. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Like, like, should people be using their credit um card though? A little like a good amount each month as long as it doesn't surpass that. I'm just wondering if it's like, should you only spend like two percent each month? Would that be best? I think the lower the better, but if you went up to 25-30%, I don't really think you would see an effect. It would just be more like in the cases where you're spending closer to 50, 60, 70% of your credit okay. lines. Yeah. So like in your case, Dan, if you're only spending, putting maybe $20 a month on your card and your limit is 1200 or whatever, I wouldn't say, yeah, you need to spend 30% of 1200 every single month. I think where you're at is, is mm-hmm. fine. It yeah, would just be don't exceed. Because normally, like, during the month, I'll buy, like, a coffee or I'll buy, like, a snack from somewhere. It's not like I'm buying however much 30% of 1200 is. Anna brought up cash back earlier, and I remember I had to double back because she is, was going into too many things. But now I think it's a good time to talk about cash back just because we're talking about kind of credit cards and what you should sign up for. We also kind of mentioned, and I think talking about that could be good, too. Yeah, so I don't know about every credit card, but I know at least my credit card um, through the company that I'm with, they have um, just generally monthly a 
large array of different cashback deals where it's like, oh, um, if you use DoorDash, you'll get um, 5% cashback or things like that. But my company then also has a thing where you can choose a category of your choice. So like gas, dining, shopping, um, retail, things like that. And every time you make a purchase in that category, you'll get 3% cashback on top of that. So like Anna was saying earlier, cashback is great because basically you're not spending full price. You're, if it's 3% cashback, you're only really spending 97% of the price. So if you're looking for that, I would just recommend like looking at the different brands or credit cards that you think could be good for you and seeing which ones have cashback that you think would most benefit you given your lifestyle. I guess it's pretty I'm rare just... that a card does not offer cashback these days. So mm-hmm. even yeah, they'll a lot probably of debit all cards have, have it. Cashback too. I've never heard of a cashback debit card. <laughs> I think my my debit card is cashback. Are you sure? Never heard I've of never that. Heard it, that my debit card and my credit card are in the same company, so maybe that's why. But yeah, never heard of that. Anyway, I, I, I guess can say. you clarify some things for me? Because you first mentioned how you can choose a broad category and you can get cashback for that. Now, does that have a time limit on it? Because I thought the other cashbacks you had to like go onto the credit card and like say, oh yeah, this ends this date and like- I think for for like those just random monthly deals. And again, this is just my company. I don't know if it changes with other companies, but it'll be like, a, oh, if you use DoorDash before um, of the 4th of July or something like that, then you'll get 5% cash back. So as long as you use DoorDash, you'll get those cashback rewards. And then they'll just kind of go into a reward section of your account, a cashback section, and that won't expire. But the deal to get 5% cashback will expire at the 4th of July. Yeah, but you mentioned how there was a broad category thing where you get cashback on oh, gas. Yes. So like, for, like again, is just that my, permanent? Yeah, again, just my company, but that's perm- at least, unless for some reason the contract changes or whatever, which I don't think it could, but that's permanent. Like I, for me, I chose dining. So every time I- You um, would choose dining. <laughs> if, you, if you know, I get a lot of takeout and food. But every time I get takeout and food, I'm really only paying 97% of what it would be because I get 3% cash back for everything. Then he just spends think... more, he just buys more food because he thinks he's <laughs> Yeah, saving. I mean, let's be <laughs> well, <that's>... <laughs> real here. This cash back is like less than a dollar most of the time. I mean, it's still something, but it's not like you're really going to get rich on this cash back. Yeah, like um, I think I've, I get food easily once or twice a week and I've only... In the two, three months I've had my credit card, I'm, I think I'm barely over a dollar in cash back. And so. 3% is pretty high. I mean, I guess maybe to clarify for Evan a little bit more, with my card, I do have what you were talking about. I have revolving categories, which I think is what you were referring to. So yeah, mm-hmm. for the months January through March, I get 5% cash back on two or three things, say gas, dining, and maybe like a specific store like Amazon. And then it changes every couple of months. But year round on any purchase from anywhere, I will always get 1% cash back. So there are those revolving categories with the high percentage, like 5% that are seasonal, but I'll always have the 1% to fall back on. Oh, so for your company, no matter what your purchase is at minimum, you're or at, yeah, min- maximum you're only paying 99 percent all the time correct 
Yeah, I don't right. like this verbiage of, <laughs> well, you're getting 3% cash back, so you're only paying 97%. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, I just wanted to harp on, because get back to some advice, I guess, like, it's important to note that the ones that are monthly turnover, the revolving door, whatever you want to call it, like, you have to sign up for those, right? So, like, you should yeah, be checking you do have for to those deals because it. activating those. Yeah, they yeah. will send me an email and say, you can activate now and I have to physically go into the app, click activate. It doesn't do it automatically, but it's also, they, they send you emails. So if I you check your email, email. I want an email about these Well, it might just be your card. And I think too, this just goes back to frequently checking your online banking and accounts to make sure you're up to date on everything, including your statements, obviously, but then also like these random deals that could end up helping you. And these... Deals, the deals and rewards are so dependent on the card. There's really, yeah, we we can't possibly explain it because there's 10 million different situations. And sometimes they're just so random. Like you might not even use this or whatever. Another thing I want to clarify is that you don't pay. There's no fee associated with these cashback opportunities, correct? No, I don't like, think so. so. It doesn't hurt mm-hmm. to just sign up for them. Yeah, it's just like when you sign up for the card, some of them will automatically be included. Like Anna's 1% for all purchases of mine, 3% for a category. But even for these other ones, just literally sign up for all of them. It doesn't hurt. Because who knows when you're going to be making these purchases. Something else that I wanted to say, cashback is pretty common. And I think for our age group, it might be the better choice. But another popular thing is points, which I'm not as familiar with because I've never had a points credit card. but um, some cards for every dollar you spend, there'll be some sort of a ratio. Maybe it's one point per dollar or two points per dollar or whatever. And then a lot of times with points, that's really big with getting air mileage or hotel accommodations and a lot of travel stuff, I think is what the points are really good for, but same kind of reward system, but the redemption's a little bit different and it doesn't seem like it's so much like dollar for dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is good advice or not, and because none of us have really gotten there yet, but when you're an adult, normally you have more than one credit card, maybe like two or three. So it might be a good idea to diversify what types of cards you're getting. So maybe you can get some air or air hotel points on one card and then your cash back on another card. That's a great point, Dan. Is that a great point? Like, it is. Because... Okay, I guess I'm just confused because it's like you're at the grocery store and you're about to pay and it's like, hmm, what points do I want to accumulate like do i want cashback or points like isn't it well, all the you, same though if, if you know you're going to disney though then maybe you would want in a year maybe you'll want those hair, hair hotel <laughs> points but i don't know i think it just or depends it, on your lifestyle like, yeah but it's like okay don't you just want to only choose the credit card that gives you the best bang for your buck and like i feel like airline like i don't know how many points it takes to redeem to get a plane ticket but i feel like you know maybe that's giving you more bang for your buck than this cash bag, which is only like a dollar every month or whatever, you know? But like, realistically, you're not going to be going on airplanes all of your life. So like, if you're, if you know, you're not going on a vacation anytime soon, I would think at least that then maybe I would do like cash rewards at that point. That's why I'm just saying like, oh, I don't know why you would need multiple credit cards if you know what suits you and just have. Well, I think, well, here's. (laughs) A situation to put it in perspective we're going to ignore the points because i don't think we understand them as much and i think evan's really hung up on this like plane ticket redemption <laughs> so just with cash back alone say you have two cards 
one card that just say it's like Dan's card. You, I don't know what were the specifications of your card. Um, I get three percent off um, on a category of my choosing all the time. Is there a baseline year round? You get like one yeah, percent no, cash that's, back. That's my baseline is three percent year round. I get three percent off on a category of my choosing, and then I just have those random revolving ones. Right. So say Dan's top category is food, but then Dan also has the card that I have, and then say for this example at this point in time in the revolving category there's five percent cash back on gas and i'm gonna buy gas five percent beats getting nothing from dan's credit card because his doesn't include gas so Mm -hmm. that's a good situation where having two cards gets you something or say dan's card did have like a one percent cash back flat flat rate my card would still be better because of the special situation and the higher cashback percentage. That's a good example. And I think the moral of that story is really just got to take advantage of all these deals. But since all these cards have such different deals, you really just got to pick the cards that you think will be most beneficial given your lifestyle and what you do on a pretty regular basis. Something else I wanted to bring up is, again, this is totally dependent on your lifestyle, how much you use credit cards, how much you spend, and I guess just personal preference. But um, there are some cards that do charge an annual fee. So basically you have to pay, say, $50 a month just to even own the card and use it. Typically on cash, uh, on sorry, on credit cards with an annual fee, the rewards tend to be better. So you'll get maybe 10 points for every dollar as opposed to $2 or two points per dollar. And typically you do get other benefits like some credits for dining out or you get like access to a private room at an airport or something like that. I mean, some of these credit cards, like some of these Amex ones, the annual fee is like $550. Mm -hmm. Like you look at that people who have like that, I think it's like the black Amex card. Oh yeah, the Amex black. mm Mm-hmm. But you're like, saying it's worth it to have that card as long as you use it frequently. Yes. I think it just comes down back to a thing like we've been saying, like lifestyle. For someone like me, who's only making like $5, $10 worth of purchases a month, that would be pointless for me because I'm not really doing any of the things where that would really benefit me in regard to the ro- rewards that I would get. But for someone who is purchasing a bunch of stuff, going to the airports all the time, flying, booking hotels, maybe that would be good for them. I guess my concern is like with now I'm just stuck on this Amex black card because it's like banks are. Well, that's an extreme example. They're not usually they're usually maybe around a hundred a hundred dollars, I'd say. Sure. OK, I, I for that hundred dollar one, I guess I'm just confused because it's like banks are a business and they wouldn't offer that unless they were making money. So I'm confused, like are you losing actually by getting that? Like, like they must be gaining something from you getting that, right? I I think this is more of a business discussion, but no matter what, really, the company is going to be making money somehow. So I guess just making sure that you can also get the benefits you want out of it and making that assessment for yourself. I have no idea how credit card companies make money. I don't, but is it I just think, don't I think, be I think the it's point. that gets swindled and spends too much? Like, yeah, I think you, it's they get a lot of play the system. I have no okay. idea, but um, with the annual fee, I think 
the individual analysis you would need to make is, am I using the card frequently enough and getting enough points or benefits that it outweighs the cost of the annual fee? So say you are getting $700 in a whole year cash back. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. And the annual fee is $100. Well, you probably amassed $700 cash back because you're getting more points or a higher percentage cash back on each transaction. So in that case, it kind of is worth it because by spending that $100, you've profited, if you will, $600. And they say that math is pointless once you finish high school. (laughs) This isn't even math. That's like arithmetic. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. There's no calculus or anything like that here. Again, this is totally personal preference, but I would say if you're just starting out with a credit card, I wouldn't do one with an annual fee because you're probably not spending all that much. And mm-hmm. I do mean, to pay a hundred dollars. an annual fee? No, mine's, mine's free. So. Okay, yeah, same. Mine's free. I think once I do get older and have a job and stuff like that, I think I would look into them more, but in my current situation, I don't see it as necessary. I also would recommend that if it's your first credit card and you don't have any credit, I would strongly recommend applying for um, a credit card that's specifically designed for college students or beginners, because typically then you won't need as high of a credit score or you might not need any credit at all. So the likelihood that you'd be approved is way greater than if you went for a credit card that someone who's been using them for years has. Yeah. Like I was saying before, like my credit card and my debit card are under the same company. And I guess just because I had good spending habits or however they calculate that or whatever with my debit card, they were like, Oh yeah, we've pre-approved you for this credit card already. So it's just like simple things like that, that can help you get like these starter cards. I personally, you, okay, this is not sponsored. (laughs) um but I personally use the discover it card and there's like a special college student one that they have it was really easy to apply for and the rewards I think for a starter card are pretty good and that's the one I personally use and I think among a lot of credit card comparison websites and other financial websites it's pretty highly ranked I guess if we're giving out our own, well, you don't have to. I'm no, but I'll do it in case. Pressure but you. in case anyone is interested in like what we have, I use the Bank of America Cash Rewards Card. I guess I'm a little confused. Not confused, but um, I think like I guess my understanding of credit cards has always been you get it from the bank, and like my credit card is like my bank card and it's a college card you know because whatever i think, I think at, you have so, a really yeah. specific Evan, situation that is not no because you, just because you never it. had a debit card correct you like went right i'm very confused card. by your situation it makes no <laughs> sense to me okay i'm getting at something different because you're talking about how people get these credit cards and anna has like a discover one and i guess i'm just confused because it's like I've always just thought of a credit card as being through the bank. So it, it would be like a TD credit card or like um, a Wells Fargo credit card or whatever. But you're talking about these different 
companies like Discover, you know, and aren't there other ones out there? So I guess, mm-hmm. do you know anything about like advice? Like, should you just go through your bank like that safer? Or like, should you go through these other companies that maybe have more rewards or stuff like the Apple credit card? Like, can you talk about that maybe? I think it's just personal preference. Mm-hmm. I think it's just evaluating your lifestyle. And like Anna was saying, looking up like those reviews where it's like, which ones are better, which ones are not for your situation. I, like- I honestly have never heard of, what you have, Evan. I always thought that I don't understand why mine is, <laughs> I don't so, know. Mine is literally just through my bank. Mine is but like mine's bank mine's, mine's through my bank too, but it's not connected to any of my bank like any of my bank accounts, if that makes like it's not like it's connected to an account that has money just sitting in it, if that makes sense. Whereas I think mine yours isn't is, right? either. Oh, it's mine's mine. a credit Your card. Your situation confuses like, me. I have to transfer money from the account to the credit card to pay it off, kind of thing. Okay, then yeah, like, mine's it's similar. A normal. To I don't understand what your dad understands. I think. It's I think just this is this is maybe more on Evan than our thing, but Evan had a kind of a different financial situation than we did because you. I don't understand yeah. what different. And I said she just got a college type credit card, and that's what I have. There's nothing more to it. It's just through my bank. Maybe the way you talk about it just <laughs> doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> Do we want to do a rapid fire slash hot takes? I can start us off if that works. I think that my first rapid fire thing would be when you're starting out and especially when you're like in your early and even late 20s, don't have more than one credit card. Like we were talking about those benefits of like, I guess, assessing your lifestyle and like making the most of it. But when you're starting out, don't make it more complicated for yourself. I don't think credit card companies like it either when you cash out so many cards, especially when you're so young. So definitely just start out with one card. And as you get older and more, and you build more assets and finances, then maybe consider getting some multiple additional cards. But when you're starting out, just have one. I also, to add on to that, um, if you're concerned with your credit score and building that, if you apply for multiple credit cards in a short-ish amount of time that does show up as a hard inquiry on your uh like to the credit unions and that can lower your score so you don't want to just apply for 10 credit cards in hopes that your score would go up it can actually make it go down and i just want to clarify this common myth checking your credit score on through like FICO or I know my credit company, credit card company sends me updates my score every month when I get my statement. Checking it that way or a soft inquiry is what they call it does not have any effect on your credit score. It only affects you if you open a new card or you apply for a loan or a lease or something like that. And doing too much of that type of stuff in a short amount of time can decrease your score, but just checking it for your own knowledge will not. We didn't, I just realized we didn't even go over what constitutes a good credit score. I mean, it basically says when I Google, what is a good credit score? It basically says around 670 to 739 is considered good, which is kind of like average. And the scores range from all the way down to 300 on the bad side up to 850, which would be perfect. So it's kind of in the middle. So weird. Why not go from zero 
to whatever why 300 to i feel like this. i think that with a lot of things like when you look at like standardized test scores and things like that but yeah. whatever again we're not experts but we hope this video helped unless anna or evan has anything else i honestly feel like there's so much regarding to like personal finances and building your wealth as like a young adult that we didn't touch on i honestly think that we should do like a part two or a series or something like that because there's so many things like loans retirement funds um like investing things like that there's so much that we missed we could do a personal finance series i know i'm kind of excited and this video originally believe it or not was going to be like 10 minutes on credit cards but we just got so excited that we made it 40 minutes well i don't know if dan mm -hmm. and evan got excited no, I, it was definitely interesting. And I feel like for me, it's like, I'm fairly new at this. I've only had a credit card for like two, three months at this point. So it's good to know, I guess, all the things that I should be doing and all the things for you all listening too that maybe you should be doing as a way to build your credit score as a young adult. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and follow our podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to it on. Check out our social media linked in the description and tune in next week for even more advice. TTYL from IFL. Bye.